I hope you just caught the words of the song the Gospel Ensemble just did because it really embodies the very spirit of Resurrection MCC as Christ works in our midst. Many gifts, one spirit, taking our songs and blending them together into something beautiful to the glory of God. That song you just heard very much reinforces the scripture that we just proclaimed together. And there's one thing I love about this scripture. We can read this scripture and then take a deep breath. We can read the scripture and go, oh. And we can read the scripture and go, whew. You know why? Because it makes it clear that we don't have to be someone or something we're not. I sometimes think we, we have this idea that if we commit ourselves to God, God is going to zap us in some way and make us do things we don't really want to do. God's going to zap us. We're going to have to give up our jobs, sell our car, sell all our clothes except for like a loincloth or something <laughs> and go off somewhere and, and become a missionary that will be forced into to being someone or doing something where we're not called to do. Why we can all take a collective breath on this scripture, and it's right there printed for you, is because scripture plainly and clearly says not everyone is called to be an apostle. Not everyone is called to be a healer. Not everyone is called to be a teacher. I know some of you were like taking a collective breath when you saw the teachers taking our children off today. <laughs> you can affirm, do I hear an Amen. <laughs> Not everyone is called to do these specific challenges. But someone is. But someone is. And when we all hear the call that God has for us, then the something that God wants done will be done by the someone who is called. And the someone who's not called doesn't have to worry about that part of it. You just worry about the calling that God has for you. When we all open ourselves to God's work and God's movement in our lives, then the dream that God has for us will be truly lived out. We are all here to do the work of God. And when collectively we do that work, then the real miracle happens. During the Christmas season, we talked about the miracle on 11th Street. But one thing I said was the miracle on 11th Street doesn't end on Christmas Eve. The real miracle will happen when Resurrection MCC truly rises up as a called community to make a difference in this community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, which can be summarized in two simple words. Two simple words that our entire community is hungry for. The two simple words are you matter. When's the last time you got up in the morning, looked in the mirror, faced yourself, and said back to yourself, you matter? Why do you matter? Well, God created you for one thing. (laughs) Why would God bother if you didn't matter? You matter, I matter, we matter. And when together we believe that, a miracle will begin to happen. When we believe that deepest truth about God and by our, about ourselves, it sets a miracle in motion. 
a miracle in motion that can change our community. This is awesome stuff. This is spiritual dynamite. It's life-changing. When we live that message, we will become like no other church ever because we will see the work of God released through the body. People that matter create a church that matters. And a church that matters creates a community that matters. This is powerful stuff. It's amazing. And I know it's hard for us to get our hearts and our minds around it because it's, it's so incredible. Yet unleash this truth and the Spirit of God will be unleashed and justice will be unleashed and hearts will be changed. This whole book of 1 Corinthians is amazing, particularly the 12th chapter. And today you heard just a portion of it. I'd like you to hear more of this because it's so amazingly powerful. And this is some of the scripture that precedes what we shared in worship today. And the translation used here uses very ordinary language, and I, I just love it. Listen to this. God has carefully placed each part of the body right where God wants it. You are significant. Yet no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, it'd be a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its right size and each in its right place. No part is important on its own. I mean, can you imagine an eye telling the hand, get lost, I don't need you. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works just the other way. The lower the part, and the more basic, the more necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. You can live without an, oh, I said that. <laughs> if anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer a good digestive digestive system than a full head of hair? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The way God designed our bodies, it's a model for understanding in our lives together as a church. Every part is dependent upon the other. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. And only as you accept this does the the part of your body began to play meaning in the whole. Mm. Did you catch the impact of that? You are right where God wants you today. Which means that even at this exact moment, God is doing something in your life and in your heart of greater significance than you might imagine if you only listen to it and lean into it. We do matter. We are significant. But our significant comes in how we work together. Our significant comes in how we share our gifts and open ourselves to our part in God's body, whatever it might be. So I was listening to this scripture. I found myself thinking about that phrase, opposites attract. And maybe opposites attract for a reason. Maybe opposites attract because opposites don't detract and don't subtract, 
but create something powerful. Maybe when opposites come together, a new energy and synergy is created to offer something entirely new. Oftentimes we're afraid of opposites and we don't realize that there is some tremendous power that could be released if we just simply brought the opposites together. There's a wonderful example of how opposites have come together to create something beautiful right here at Resurrection. One of our beloved couples, Mabel and Laverne. If opposites ever attract, this is the example of opposites that attract. I mean, take Laverne. She always matches. She's always wearing heels. Her hair is always perfect. But somehow she was attracted to Mabel. (laughs) Just Mabel. (laughs) Now, have you heard about Mabel and Laverne's first date? Oh, you've got to hear about their first date. Now, on their first date, Mabel was amazingly forward. Mabel invited Laverne to her home for dinner for the first date. Now, Laverne was so excited that she put on her best red dress. She put on her best red high heel shoes. She put on her best red necklace. She put on her brightest red lipstick. She put on her biggest red hoop earlings, and she was ready for this first date. She gets to the door, and Mabel comes to the door. Of course, Mabel's standing there in sweatpants and a Texas A&M sweatshirt. but it didn't matter. (laughs) In fact, it was at that moment that Laverne didn't even notice the sweatshirt. She just said to Mabel, you always, you always just distract me with your beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Laverne goes into the house and, and, you know, it was was love at first sight, but but, but this love, it's it's just growing here. And this love is so strong that, that Laverne gets into the house and even though it is a pigsty, She doesn't even notice. I mean, she is there for this wonderful, beautiful evening, and Mabel has planned this wonderful meal. They get to the table. The candles are lit. And Laverne looks down and sees the plate. Now, here's this beautiful entree. But on the plate, along the edge, there's like dried-up eggs from breakfast. (laughs) <laughs> you know and then over here this part of the place some, some like baked on spaghetti sauce from somewhere and over here there's something kind of green and gooey and, and like in her own mind Laverne's trying to figure out how many meals were served on these plates without them being washed <laughs> and, and, and Laverne trying to be so tactful says Mabel honey you, you, you know I love you but uh, when's the last time you, you washed these dishes? And Mabel said, there's, there's no problem. The, the, these dishes are as clean as soap and water can get them. Well, Laverne just was so enraptured by Mabel's beauty that she went on with the meal. It was delicious. But then the real surprise came. After the meal, Mabel begins to clear off the dishes 
Laverne's expecting her to take them to the kitchen, but no, Mabel takes them out to the front porch. (laughs) Mabel's wondering what's going on here. And suddenly Mabel yells out, here soap, here water. (laughs) And they're still together. (laughs) They're here this morning. (laughs) All right, everybody's curious. Mabel, could you please stand and take a bow? And Laverne. (laughs) That red lipstick is so striking. (laughs) Can you see the red lipstick all the way from the back row? If you can see the red lipstick, raise your hands. Yes. (laughs) The point is, you may wonder what the point is, but there's a point. Opposites do attract, but bring that energy together and you create relationships that are strong, relationships that are powerful and meaningful. Somehow, Mabel and Laverne were able to see beyond their differences to something beautiful and real and lasting something that matters. And that's what we're all looking for. That's what church at its best is. Opposites coming together to do something meaningful and miraculous and powerful for God. But in order to get there, we've got to look beyond appearances. And we are good at appearances. I wonder what we miss because we simply can't see beyond whatever it is that's blocking us. Researchers have said that within the first few moments of meeting someone, you make zillions of judgments, almost subconsciously. Judgments that immediately begin to create barriers. Barriers that weaken us and make us less than. Barriers that devalue. And just like that, We've missed out on something that God holds for us. When you can't get past someone's hair color or hair length or shoes or the car they drive or the color of their skin or their preferences, you are missing out on something that God holds for you. There is something about God that I will only discover when I know you. And if I'm obsessed with the color of your skin or the shoes you're wearing, I will never see the God in you. I will only see your shoes. It's about getting to the heart. That's when community happens. That's when the walls come down. The heart. Getting to the heart. When we attend deeply to the persons in our surroundings, we began to see them according to the Spirit. We began to behold or perceive more than what we see on the external. 
We cannot help each other become reconciled to God if we only see the outward appearance. We must look deeper. What is really there? Even in the one we struggle with, the one with the most complex personalities. Christian community can be truly celebrated when we realize the church is a spiritual, a mystical, and a faith-based community if we relate best and drop from the head and live from the heart. Dropping from the head to the heart is the first step in truly becoming community. It's seeing each other with God's eyes. Sometimes I wonder how we have become such isolationists. And and sometimes, I think even on Sunday mornings, when my deepest desire and God's deepest desire is for us to become community, I sometimes think we're just a crowd of individuals. That even here, we, we somehow come and we isolate, even in the midst of the crowd. I think maybe it's because there's been so much discussion about codependency that now we're so afraid of being codependent. (laughs) We don't even reach out anymore. (laughs) We're called to interdependence, to share souls, to see into each other's eyes and hearts, and to realize that when when we let the walls come down, God will do something powerful like create that miracle community. But we've got to get past the assumptions and the presumptions, thinking that we are more than and someone else is less than. The minute that thought crosses our mind, we've entered into a a sort of hell. If hell is separation, then every time we make a judgment, we are separating ourselves from someone else and creating hell. The minute we open ourselves to the God in someone else, we are entering the dominion of heaven. We have a choice, creating hell on earth or heaven on earth. They both begin now. And where does it happen? It happens here. It happens here. We have to be willing to let others teach us. One of my colleagues had an experience that broke through all of her presumptions and all of her assumptions. And rather than trying to tell her story in my words, I'd like to share her story in her own words because this is a story that has changed me. She tells her story this way. My son is a jazz musician. My partner and I went to hear my son's band one night at a club. Oh, I fell in love with this club immediately. It it was a warm, multicultural, friendly club. Great place. At the table next to ours, a big, friendly African-American man attended to a tiny, twisted, adult human being on a wheeled cart. He was paralyzed. He was a paralyzed man with a puppet's body and a large misshapen head. And he lay there on the cart, sipping his beer through a straw. But he was watching the musicians attentively. He he seemed alert, but the only part of his body he was able to move was his eyes. So it was hard to tell how much he really took in. He captured my attention, but so did his friend. 
His friend seemed alive to every nuance of this poor, deformed man. He leaned close to hear him speak in that noisy club, and his entire manner proclaimed love. It suddenly occurred to me how wonderful this scene was. This was a club that embraced the broken person. Suddenly, I felt a part of that embrace, and I too began to reach out to the paralyzed man. I reached out to him with a friendly smile, and my eyes said to him, I accept you. I accept you, I was saying to the paralyzed man. The room was smoky, and my contact lenses gave me trouble. I popped them out and sloshed them in my water glass and put them back in. In a few minutes, the tall man came over to our table and gave me a bottle of eye drops. He said, here, it looks like you need these eye drops. I gushed in response. Oh, thanks, you, you noticed. He said, no, I didn't notice. My friend did. And he pointed to the man on the cart. And on that crooked face was a big grin. The paralyzed man took pity on me. And in that moment, I came out of my arrogant, pharisaical fog. I accept you? What presumption. I thought I was whole, and he was not. I thought I was the giver, and he was the alien. I thought he was the last person in the world who could help me. But the tables were turned. The twisted men in the jazz club became an unexpected source of kindness and an unexpected source of truth. And sometimes it takes that kind of truth to get our heads into our heart and to realize that you matter, we matter, and together we can create a community that matters. If you're comfortable, take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer. Oh, God of grace, we confess our assumptions. We confess our presumptions. We confess that too many times we have perhaps unwittingly destroyed community through our judgments. Forgive us for that. You promised in your scripture today to show us a better way. Do whatever it takes to show us that way. Move our heads into our hearts that we can begin to see each other with your eyes and with your intent. And forgive us those times when through our judgments and assumptions and presumptions we have created hell on earth and hell in our own lives. And help us to speak and to think and to be in ways that create heaven now to the honor and glory and work of Jesus Christ who came to show the entire world that they matter. 
Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen.